Gideon, guys. I'm Johnny Hedgepeth. And I'm Travis Walsh. And this is the show where Travis and I are breaking down every episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. And it's been a busy summer. Mm -hmm. We're getting another show in. Yep. You were at the the Stampede? Yeah, in Calgary, visiting family and friends, like long family friends we hadn't seen in a long time from California. We've all grown up. We used to to do every other uh, summer with them where we'd go to California. They'd come up with the Stampede. We'd go to California back and forth when we were kids, and now we're all grown up, and our parents and all joy it was you know everybody has kids now so it was just yeah it was non-stop I mean, you do a, i don't know if you guys are familiar with the calgary stampede but uh you know it's good it's got the cowboy thing and everybody cosplays and whatever but it is just non-stop drinking and partying it's uh yeah uh, but, but like you know in the most wholesome and family way you could imagine if there is <laughs> such a thing uh at at, at times like like oh you know we we went out to, to um like the clubs are actually add like a big tent behind them like the cowboy clubs here right where you can go back and it's like you know it's just this massive tent that's even expands into like a parking lot where they've got picnic tables and it's just people in there just drinking and you know having pizza occasionally but as the night progresses they they start letting more people in so the second you stand up from your picnic table they're like, kum, 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 like uh like they uh, <laughs> fold it right up and to make room for more bodies and at first my, my brother and i are just like wow this is great this is crazy it's cool everybody's out here just having a good time but as the night goes on this is when stampede stampede at night you just start to see the the uh the, the people who are there for one thing <laughs> and we're just like as it's getting later and later and it's getting more full of bodies we're kind of like yeah this is actually pretty gross <laughs> so, <laughs> so we ended up taking off a little earlier than expected and uh, some of them went to a pub i mean that was just one night like like and this is the days where we start we'll meet at like a, a legion do you have legions in uh, like like elks clubs or yeah yeah, yeah. The, things the, like the, this the american legion the elks club yeah. I, I, I was a moose awesome yeah yeah so so like uh, that's where we'll like uh legions here we'll just have like you know you can go and drink for cheap there and hang out it's uh, and then you just move on like it's such a good time this is after the parade and that's just like one day like i said my 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 sister had a big party the the next day where i got to see so many people i hadn't seen in such a long time that went again into the wee hours like (laughs) and we went to the chuck wagons races uh you know uh it's uh it's it's wild. It's way more like they're doing it way bigger this year because it's been they they tried to do it last year, but of course it was subdued because of COVID, and they probably shouldn't even tried to do it. When the other year it, it basically canceled entirely, so everything is just a little louder and a little bigger. Um, and either I'm getting older or it's it's because uh, I'm dude I'm still recovering. I've been back to work for for three or four days. My my wife and daughter went glamping. The day after we got back so they're still uh you know adjusting but um i highly recommend it at some point in your life man to go yeah, well, it sounded like a real wholesome uh experience when you texted me in the middle of the day something and then you apologize for the text going sorry i've been day drinking all day yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, i can't remember what that was but i know i had i do it yeah it's weird like uh, in the, when you're in the middle of it with everybody you're kind of like you know who'd love this my buddy johnny and then think, you know who else we should do this with you know, our family friends from you know right. Norris school and stuff it's just one of those things calgary stampede thanks. Uh, thanks to the city thanks to friends and family and i of course as everyone knows have been busy with uh little league it's time for coach's corner Cheers. Yeah, just a sec. Is there a Rudy Pantuso here? That's you, coach. Speaking. <laughs> so, 
so, get a little background. I, we, we, uh, we, we discussed it a little bit last night, but so I've been coaching my team and it's been a heck of a year. We haven't had, we haven't won a game yet. Man. And one of the, well, one of the strange things is like, I've been coaching in this league now for five years and every year you see the same coaches and a lot of the same kids. And there's usually about six teams this year, the league, for whatever reason, reached out to other towns to try to get more teams in the league. So they were pulling from these other towns with teams that either are at a competitive level in their league and Mm -hmm. are slumming here or teams of kids have clearly been together for a long time. We've only played a handful of games where I've seen coaches that I I remember. I'm like, Hey, I haven't seen you all season. And kids like, you know, kids I've coached in the past are on different teams. So we were getting creamed by these, these like teams at a different level. And we were playing a game the other day and me and my one coach, and he's a father of one of my players. And we agree on the philosophy of baseball and what we want to do for these kids, but there's probably not anything else we agree on. You know (laughs) I mean? We don't talk politics at all, you know? Um, but we finally had a thing that brought us together and brought the team together. And I have to thank Canada for this because I was working on the lineup and he comes over and he says something. He's like, these kids, they just, they care more about the snacks after the game. They don't, they don't hate to lose. He's like, they're just floating. They're just floating. And I go, I know that. What's that from? And he goes, he's like, that's, that's from a, the silly show. I watch Shorzy, which yeah. is the spinoff of Leonard Kenny. Yeah. And I'm like, I love Shorzy. And we bonded over Leonard Kenny and Shorzy, which That's led up. to a pep talk for the boys, yeah. like a loud yelling pep talk where we're like, okay, we're taking this seriously now. Hate to lose. We give them their new mantra. Hate to lose. They were chanting it. Hate to lose. Hate to lose. And we went out <laughs> and we, and we went out without my nephew, who is our all-star. He, he was out, he was camping. And we went out and we played our best game. We lost by one run at the at the end of the last inning. I mean, it was, we were the away team, the home team's up, we were ahead and they got three runs and won the game. And we right. played the best game these kids have played all season. And they were getting dirty, diving into the dirt, playing rough, you know? <laughs> and this big burly coach of mine afterwards, and I was feeling the same way, but you know, I'm the kind of guy that cries at, at long distance commercials, you know, it doesn't take much. Right. Get me going. So this big burly guy, he's looking at these boys, and he had his 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 eyes were red mm-hmm. and moist, telling him how proud he was of them and how proud we all are of them. And this this is the turning point. We only have two games left, and then the playoffs. Yeah. But all these kids are going. All these kids are going to come back next year and play on the, the same team. Right. So now we've got our foundation. It finally like happened it. at the end That's of the season. Awesome. Oh, it finally wow. happened. That's just the best, man. It's just another and I'm bad going news to, bear story. Yeah, well, it is, and I'm going to because every year you they give you your color. Like this year we're orange, right? The you know, crush. Yeah. Look, the crush. We're looking for sponsors. I've decided that next year, um, I'm going to sponsor the team. It's not expensive, mm-hmm. and it, the sponsor is going to be the Plum Podcast Network. I love it, and I'm going to pay to get tie-dyed shirts with the league's uh, logo on it. <laughs> That's dope. That's what I, that's what I decided that the that's other night. So cool, man. That's, that's what we're so going to cool. do next that's year. Great. I love it. I love it. 
<laughs> Fantastic. I can't wait to see it, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be awesome. It seems um, so fitting for this ragtag bunch of misfits you got there. You bet. This ragtag yeah. bunch of misfits of a podcast network as well. That's right. <laughs> Let's go, plumbers. <laughs> the plumbers. <laughs> Parents clapping in the crowd. P-W-O-M. <laughs> hey, to lose. Hey, to lose. lose. All right, but we are at Legends of Tomorrow. Season, <clears throat> five. Season, season five season five episode i believe seven, seven? well or eight yeah or six right uh, yeah depending on who you're talking based to. on the crisis yes but uh yeah uh romeo yeah. v juliet J- dawn of justness justness yeah it's a mouthful but it all kind of makes sense because so, uh, the, the legends continue their hunt for the pe- for pieces of the loom of fate and find themselves face to face with William Shakespeare, Ray, Nate, Rory, Constantine, Charlie, and Bayrod stay a little longer on the mission, making things worse after lying to Sarah. Meanwhile, Ray and Nora make another big life decision that leaves the team surprised and best buds, Nate and Ray, on the outs. Mm. So this is the one. This is the goodbye for Brendan Routh and Courtney. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say all in all, uh, his wife got a better send off. <laughs> Yeah, in terms of in terms, of, yeah. Well, I mean, they, I mean, they tried for him. They tried to give him, a, but this is uh, not as good an episode as we saw last week. Well, the last week's episode, Mister Parker's called us like it's a top three of the entire series. It's yeah. kind of so we knew this to... would be a bit of a letdown, but uh, or I, I at least assumed, or I thought we could have been on a bit more of a roll. I was hoping for, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, they boy, uh, I mean, uh, initial. Um, thoughts after like this felt long this felt like one of the longest episodes i remember i had to take a pee break and i thought okay it's probably like what maybe six minutes left there's still i still had a third of the uh the episode to get through it's just like they pack so much in um uh and it has some great moments of course uh yeah. i think uh, i enjoy this one i mean it's not the yeah. greatest i enjoy a lot of this one i yeah. like i love the meta-ness of it and yeah, some of it's better than others um i don't know let, let, let's do it well, I, one thing I love, I love them taking the piss out of the superhero genre. It's sure. it, it kind of, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It, it's also deaf ears, though. You know what I mean? Like, I think like they for it's just to like such a little niche of their followers kind of thing. They're kind of well, <laughs> we're in this cute little club, and that's not that doesn't it doesn't it's not enough for me man like that i can i can see that but that little niche let me mention something before we get started yeah um over in uh england the uh the company that does all of the conventions it's called star fury they do all the sci-fi conventions this that and the other and the outpouring of the save legends of tomorrow movement and the billboards everywhere has led to them the other day announced they're doing a legends con that's fun over there. Yeah, and, great. I saw that. And half the tickets have already sold out. Yeah, that's great. You know, it, it's pretty. That's pretty wild. I mean, and then, of course, is, I mean, it, just like, why is it got to be over there? Yeah. <laughs> I'd go. Is the Arrowverse generally bigger in the in the UK? I don't know. I, I you'd think maybe get that impression. I, I get, get that, that impression, impression too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Especially like the legends, like the fandom of legends like when i was on that zoom call with uh, the bebo's uh, gals yeah it will you know it was l- lots of european uh folks mm-hmm. folks mm-hmm. from all over it was i mean that's like, more where they're based out of but but yeah yeah, no, yeah. 
and that might be leading to our interpretation but i don't know it just it seems to fit that kind it's not brit sci-fi but it's got whispers of it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and lots of things that appeal to them historically and traditionally and like and getting back to the the brendan routh of it all is that (laughs) this is the goodbye i mean remember when we started this in season one how i constantly hated how they wrote ray palmer yeah like yeah. I was caught, but he got to the point where they they found the voice of the character, and then they're gone. And believe me, the trivia of this on IMDb is just story after story after story of all of the how stories about how they him and Courtney Ford did not want to leave. Mm-hmm. They were told at the beginning of the season they were going to leave, and it's a lot of back and forth of them being classy. Of uh, Phil Clemmer uh, saying like. Well, they never should have expected to be on the way. It's you know the, the wave rider is a place for characters to have a journey. And it was like, it's, it's, okay, yeah. sure, yeah. <laughs> but uh, interesting. But again, he and Courtney Ford handled themselves with a lot of class while not bullshitting, saying it wasn't our idea, and we didn't like how it went down. Yep, because he. Uh, Brandon Routh, he talked about it, how you know you inhabit a character and you work with that same cast and crew for as long as you do. And it's kind of rough to be told, you know, we're done with you. Yeah, I can tell he always um he was always happy to be there and always having a good time. I mean, I I'll be honest with you, for a guy who was a former film star, he was never the best actor on this show. Never. No um well was he a film star though because i mean he, he had super well i mean he had yeah, he Superman, but what a, else but what yeah, else is a, a scott pilgrim versus the world oh that's <laughs> right um that's right. i forgot uh, but but besides like uh, that's you know that's it you're supposed to work your way up to that right and this is you know people oh that guy was superman um and he he's never felt um I don't know as much of like a star as some of these other cast. I, I guess I, I for sure he did become a more likable character, and they figured the character out more. But um, I was never really moved by any Brandon Routh performances. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. Mm. He's not a bad actor, but he's not. Uh, he's never. As I say it again, he was never the best actor on this show. I wonder how much of it was the f- failure of the Superman movie maybe jettisoned the, the film career and he had to start over sure i mean i think so too i think that's part of of it as well but um i i, I can't see them does he seem like, like i don't even imagine like cbs taking a chance on a oh he already did film. as soon as oh, really? as soon as he left this show he was starring on one of those cbs cop fireman whatever shows. Which i gotta record a, a an audition for in Todd We Trust later today. Oh, I've never heard of that a, one. It's a CBS uh, or Paramount Plus type show. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get started. The show starts with Ray. He's looking over memorabilia. So you see the Singing in the Rain videotape, a magazine with the picture of the band, The Smell. Right. You know, the dinosaur skull and a picture of him and Nate. Yeah, and and uh, the uh, Sir, Sir Raymond of the Palms. Yes, yes, the Sir Raymond of the Palms thing. Yep, some nice shout outs. And uh, Nor wakes up and he says, you know, it's time to leave. You know, we're going to go on one last mission and we're going to leave the show, leave the show, <laughs> leave the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we get the line for the toilet because this is when they actually start the running joke about the ship only has one shitter. Yeah. Yeah, this was a great opening uh, teaser, I thought. Really good. Uh, just felt sitcom in a good way. 
I loved it too. They're all in line. Ray keeps trying to tell them what's going on. Uh, Charlie interrupts, says, Hey, uh, I'm going to help Constantine find the loom pieces. And uh, Sarah's like, Hey, look, no MacGuffin talk uh, before I had my coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mick is there with a morning beer. <laughs> He's got a problem. Yep. We know this. <laughs> we know this. It, as much as I've partied back in the, the old days of partying hard, waking up first thing in the morning and hair of the dog never never cannot imagine i had friends who did i I remember waking up after a party and looking out and there's spanner and gordon pumping the keg that the floating keg in the backyard (laughs) to get some hair of the dog and it made me sick i hear you (laughs) and uh, z's in the in the bathroom taking uh taking long because she's got to emerge looking great which she does and uh but before before i like before ray uh Tells them what's going on. Mick just goes, you're, you're leaving the ship. You know, you're moving out. You know, you, well, makes sense. Just got married. That's the next logical step in a relationship. Yeah. yeah. And, and he said he heard them fucking all night. Yeah, nice. Nice. <laughs> got a glass. He's got a glass to the, the door. Yuck. One hand on the glass with the other hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that burned and shriveled and yeah because ain't nobody else touching that thing man Mm-mm. not even gideon will fix it nope. i'm not no i'm not even don't even show that to me again <laughs> that is beyond the realm of possibility for me mr rory that much gonorrhea <laughs> from different time periods that's the problem it, do you understand baffling. that they baffling. are centuries apart <laughs> It's created a sort of super clap, if you will. <laughs> it was go- it's the big bad for season eight. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. The season eight big bad was going to be McRory's sentient gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the CW passed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no, no. I played chicken with him. <laughs> I showed him. <laughs> yeah, Kato. Kato yeah, really sure. played chicken with him. On yeah. Come on, I got this gonorrhea waiting for you. Super gonorrhea. Okay, so he, uh, <laughs> Nate shows up and he Ray just can't tell him about leaving. So Mona shows up again. She's there for book club and is talking to Mick about the troll and he just yells and leaves. Doesn't want to talk about it. Always good to see her. <laughs> I always enjoy seeing her. Who? Mona. Oh, yeah. Well, it's good that she's back. Ram- it, wasn't it Ramona? Ramona is the actor. Mona is the, yeah, it's funny. The character. Okay, and they just call her Mona. Um, yeah, you know, she's good, but it's nice to see her come back and, and be uh, kind of part of the crew. In a way, I yeah. think she was written into this to kind of reassure Brandon Routh and um, what's-her-face, Courtney Ford, mm-hmm. that, look, this isn't, you know, obvious. look, we, we still bring back the people we kick off so don't and they did bad. the 100th episode they come right back. right yeah. you know what i mean do you think that like that could have been an underlying thing maybe maybe, maybe yeah. it's also I, I thought it was mainly so they could because the whole uh mix uh, storyline this whole season is becoming a father and to show that they had a father-daughter type relationship oh, yeah, yeah, for sure past, and so mind that, that he's got that he's she's got this job with him and stuff and yeah i like seeing her back because of how they did her dirty on the last her last episode of course, of course <laughs> yeah and 
So Ray's talking with Sarah, and they just love how they casually mention this. He's like, hey, uh, Marie Antoinette and the Rasputin jars are gone. Yeah, I guess Astra recalled them to hell. Anyway, let's move on. Right. <laughs> and uh, Charlie's telling the team about the loon. And we find out that it's three pieces, and she disguised them as rings. Because that's a lot easier, and looms are gigantic. Than right. <laughs> be a really shitty MacGuffin. Sure. Can't really hide it. Nope. And uh, they're all trying to get, even Gideon, they're all trying to get Ray to tell Nate, but he keeps changing the subject. Yeah, that was all a little clunky. It was a little clunky. And yeah. just that just that trope at the beginning is like the bad Threes Company, right? We had good Threes Company uh, last this week. Was, that, this this yeah. was like, just come on. Come on, you guys. It's yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, it's one of the, like I said, I enjoy this one, but it's definitely got its dings. And one of the big mm-hmm. dings is Ray going, like changing the subject because he can't talk yeah. to Nate and it's all very sitcom-y and right and that's way. like th- that's the a plot man that's some problem right is him mm-hmm. saying goodbye and not wanting to sort it out with Nate and and they really kind of and yeah it, they, they have to change what the problem is in the middle too this is a clunky plot man this is a really this is kind of a clunky episode that's got some good stuff to it but Let's keep going. <laughs> I like the fact, I, I kind of like that, that they had, we got to find the ring. Okay, we got it. And that was done 15 minutes into the, the episode and the rest is mm-hmm. about the bachelor party mm-hmm. and all that. So uh, Charlie knows where one of these rings is. She gave it to her pal in London, 1594. And, uh, right. uh, and Ray, uh, in order to distract, asked Sarah for one of her, her pithy send-offs. Mm-hmm. And she's uh, she says something like in a bad accent. Oh, enjoy jolly old, jolly old England, yeah. you blokes. And yeah. I just love it. Nate says, he's like, yeah, that was really bad. And Constantine, it was offensive. Yeah. <laughs> is what it was. Mm-hmm. So the team arrives 1594 in London, dressed up as constables, where we meet Charlie's friend. He's Will the Quill. It's William Shakespeare. <sighs> and that means how many Capones? Mr. Capone. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. I canceled tickets to the opera because I heard there was new players in town. He, uh, he, all right, so William Shakespeare, this guy, this guy, this kid, it, I, he's got a perm. He's got almost like a jerry curl. Kind I of. was like, right, it's got that working against him because no one thinks of William Shakespeare as having this kind of curly hair. Um, even if you have this envision of like a caricature of what he looks like, we had. Um, What's his name? Not Rafe Fines, but the Joseph other Joseph Fines. Joseph Fines play him incredibly in in, in uh, Shakespeare and Love. Shakespeare and Love, yeah. That's um, what this episode. This episode really reminded me a lot of Shakespeare and Love. Really? But Shakespeare and Love was good. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Like uh, good Shakespearean. Acting. I mean, I in hated. the yeah. Right, 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 right. But uh, what I mean is. What they Some were going the plot, for? Yeah. Can see that he's he. Oh, he's got uh, right. He's got writer's do this block. Right. The, the, the yeah, similarities. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Um, speaking of that, I'm going to ask but, you this. Speaking of that. Wait, 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 we're still we're still going Capone's here. Let's finish. Let's oh, okay, wrap let's this up. Capone's, yes. Because uh, I, I I didn't care for him much at all. Like I thought he's 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 carrying the scenes, but he doesn't feel like William Shakespeare. It didn't it didn't feel like. Like it could have just been any sort of they could have come up with somebody if they, it's like it's like, you know, when they can tell you haven't got the the copyright for something and they've had to change something just a little bit so uh-huh. it's not that they could have made them like somebody completely different and it would have would have been fine. It didn't feel like William Shakespeare. And that's what Capones are all about. You got to feel like that real life person. So I'm going seven. I'm with you. Seven Capones. Yeah. 
dad, you didn't, you didn't, didn't really do it for me. Now it wasn't offensive. And I don't care so much about the look of him. Cause I don't, I don't ever expect the bald guy that we sure. all see, you know, so sure. Gary curls fine. Just, he didn't jump off the weird. screen. Not at all. Not at all. But, but let me ask you, speaking of Shakespeare and love, uh-huh. you remember that year. Yeah. There was the controversy, right? Because the, the Weinsteins, the wine yeah, yeah, when it yeah. won Best Picture, they're like, oh, because the Weinsteins put all so much money into the campaign and Saving Private Ryan should have won. And uh, what my theory presupposes is it shouldn't have because Shakespeare in <laughs> Love is a far better movie. I, it's a better movie. Private yeah, Ryan. it is a better movie than Saving Private Ryan. But Saving Private Ryan is a kind of movie that they normally would award. But that's what the argument is. I, Saving Private Ryan had no subtext. Whereas Shakespeare in Love had all these sorts of things going on. Saving Private Ryan was a fucking achievement, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's but, and that's the reason why people would want to. But know, I'll tell you this. I don't think Saving Private Ryan is a particularly good movie. Yeah. I think it's an achievement. The D-Day scene is unbelievable. Yeah. And but, there's some stuff. Like, it really did really leave me with a different feeling about war. Like, like the tell me I'm a die. good man. Fuck. Yeah. Nah, there was some tough shit to it that uh, some really real shit to it but just like like i said no no like deeper deeper the old man in his members only jacket i did not care for (laughs) whereas shakespeare in love ben affleck is good in that i mean that's telling you something Uh, ben affleck can be good uh even even shakespeare in love isn't like i'm not going out of my way to watch it anytime soon it's it's ultimately it's it was good but it's you know i wouldn't call it like a classic Oh, I've re- I've rewatched it uh, yeah. just this past year and really yeah. Jeffrey Rush. Like- Jeffrey Rush makes the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, and then lots of great performances. But the, but the, those those films are kind of dime a dozen every Oscar season, especially from the, the Miramax at that time. There was always something, some mm-hmm. sort of period piece that had something to it that that they would push hard. Well, I just uh, like that a comedy that a comedy won Best Picture because that never yeah. happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. This uh, Best Picture. Ugh. Bah, who cares? Oh, it's not something I care about. That, that was yeah, back yeah. in the day where my ex-wife and I would go out of our way to try to see all of the nominees for yeah. Best Picture. And it was something, right, right. It's something we did. Yeah. I, I've been given a shit about that in a decade or more. Yeah, yeah I hear like, like This last year, I'm like, what one? The one yeah. about the, the 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 deaf kid? I'm like, was that even in theaters? It, yeah. it's, it's so different now. Yep. So, Nate, Constantine are trying the hard cop approach to get this ring and he tells him he gave the ring to his producer to cover the debt or else he was going to cut his hands off there in the Shakespeare and love uh, stuff that's what made me think of it mm-hmm. and he's got writer's block uh, doesn't know how to end Romeo and Juliet so Henslow the producer and his goons arrive and Nate tries to come up with like this this plan and they show it like I, I really like this. It's hard to explain. You're like, well, first we'll rappel down from the ceiling, and they show them yeah, rappelling. Like mi- mission uh, impossible. Mission but... impossible. He goes, and then Constantine will do this, and he just goes mumbo jumbo, mumbo jumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's that all just gonna... their imagination. Yeah, it's all in his imagination. Bayrod doing a dance, saying, "I don't, I don't dance like, that. I don't dance like that." That's pretty funny. And then while this is all going, Charlie comes. And he goes, "Got the ring, stole it." Yep. And the mission's over. And. And in one of those sitcom things, Mick's like, all right, haircut, time to go. And he's like, go, go on my honeymoon, right? Ugh, yes. Yeah. Ugh. And Nate's like, well, we got to throw you a bachelor party. So we're, we're better to throw you a bachelor party than this dingy tavern in 1594 England. Right, right. Sure, I guess. Hey, why not? And 
So Zari arrives at the book club and she asks if it's an intervention. And of course, they're reading Romeo and Juliet because you, you have to so we can get the gag later of the cover changing. Mm-hmm. And they explained to her that's not really about the books. It's a place to hang out and, you know, talk about your trauma. And uh, oh, so it's a cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a C word. No C words. Cults and clones because of Nora and uh, Ava. Uh, and I do love that Mona just casually mentions with a smile. She's like, oh, yeah, I, I killed a government agent. A I'm a Hawaiian agent. werewolf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Z changes the subject. Say, we should throw Nora a bachelorette party. So that Nate calls Sarah and they all lie to each other about, is it going to throw the party? And the parties are on. So we cut to hell. And it's Astra and the hot hippie mom coin maker. And she wants to know why Constantine's still alive. And she tells her he's going to find this artifact that'll bring back her mom. And this gets her upset because she's the one who found Astra when she was little in hell and took care of her and raised her. And not giving anything away, but hot hippie mom here is part of our big, it's our, part of our team of big bads this season. Yeah. You call her hot hippie mom. But I don't think if people are watching, people go, well, there's a hot hippie mom in this. <laughs> I know that that's the way you think her. She looks like. And she's got short that short bob, short hair, and bright red lipstick. And she's older. She's older. She's older. She's younger than me. She's hot. I, I I call her hot, but I don't know if everybody would, Johnny. <laughs> so, so that's what I'm just saying. We gotta think of a new <laughs> what's her character's name? Uh we'll get to it because there's, okay, okay. there's a reveal, but right now okay. she's the coin maker. Uh, uh coin and maker. I'm not the only one who calls her hot hippie mom. They actually call her that on the show eventually. Cool. So cool. all right. It's not just me. Uh, I stand corrected. You know, I got, yeah. hey, you know, her, you, know, you got your finger on the pulse. car, you know, you got, you got the you, pulse and... I got my finger on the pulse. So she's like, well, let's use a spell and find out what this artifact is so you can get it for yourself. And they fill this fountain with this uh, water to spell where she can become a ghost and spy on Constantine. So we're at the party in London. Everyone's wasted except Bayrod. Uh, it's probably stoned. And they're trying to get Ray to open up, but Mick blurts out that he's got a kid and he can't stop thinking about her. Now, the girls' party seems like a lot more fun, right? I mean, okay. there's confetti. They're racing on those furry animals that you see at the mall. I don't yeah. know. Do you guys have those? Uh, at this one mall in the in the burbs, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It, it, scooter yeah. races. The scooters are back. It all looked, nice. it all looked <laughs> um, I don't know, forced. Uh, I like that. I like the fireman. I like. The, I love the, the fireman. That's the fi- a good touch because he keeps like working his way in. The uh, fireman. The fire. I'll, I'll be honest. The fireman is one of my favorite parts of this. Of this one. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got the, he got a hot fireman stripper. Yeah. So the guys are uh, sitting around wasted, trying to remember what they're looking for. Is it the loom of destiny or the spirit of the fate? Of fate? And Zano, remember the totems? Like, tell you what, Zano is pretty good at uh, act drunk mm-hmm. it's it's, it's mm-hmm. we've seen it There's on a this lot show. of that and it's tough that starts to get really uh yeah gets tiring watching people act drunk sometimes it but can be i just think he good. really nails it and mm-hmm. it's hard because we've seen on this show alone some yeah. act drunk that was terrible yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. really pulls it off and so astra spying on him as a ghost uh, Constantine senses it. He starts walking around. He bumps into a guy. Big bar fight happens. They're all wasted. Steel turns to steel. The Adam suit gets loose and hits a guy in the dick. Uh, <laughs> Mick's using the flame gun. 
uh, costume. Such a weird part. <laughs> Why well, include that? Pretty funny, man. <laughs> Constantine casts Astra out, and she gets knocked out cold. So Nate grabs the the memory flasher to flash Shakespeare, and instead flashes himself and the team. And they don't remember what's going so, on. Dad, like, what's going on here, man? This is all so haphazard. I know they're being haphazard, but this is just sloppy. Okay, how do we get out of this? How do we get out of this? And at this point, like, that's what I mean. It feels like we're about, this isn't even the halfway point. We're not even close to the halfway, but it feels like we've really gone through a ton of stuff to get here um it's a, it's a it, like i said you 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 expect that the adventure is going to be getting the part of the loom and they take yeah. care of that right away yeah, yeah, yeah and then all this other stuff starts happening right so at book club we see the cover of the book romeo and juliet changes to romeo v juliet dawn of justness with mick on the cover mm-hmm. and the adam suit and uh they're looking at it and the stripper just leans over he goes huh that's gonna be a problem and yes. made me fucking like that that's like one of the funnier lines in the fucking episode yeah yeah for sure right now maybe this episode had, had all this happened hadn't reached the halfway point but we have and we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back state coordinates of new land acquisition oh you know that big oak tree that got struck by lightning negative the barn with a funny cow mural negative one-eyed scarecrow negative giant water tower you're not from here are you I've never seen him. That hardly matters. Robots don't know you. We do. Hey, how's your dad doing? For over 80 years, Farm Bureau Financial Services has built relationships first and plans second. It's your future. Let's protect it. Welcome back to Gideon, guys. And before we get back to uh, Brendan Rouse, adios from <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. What else we got going on, Travis? Well, we have a ton of great shows here on the Plum Podcast Network that everyone should continue to check out um yeah take a look palm podcast network they're soon to be uh sponsoring a uh, little league ball team i don't know if you guys had heard that That's yeah big news. next year big big things in the works for the palm podcast network uh, aside from that uh johnny and i are part of a show that we do every other saturday live on twitch it's twitch.tv slash jarvis washing machine it's called mystery titans theater we are recording today on sunday the july 17th we just uh, did it uh saturday night last night july 16th with our buddy uh, at not, not Dr. Death on Twitter, Steve Williams, second time he's been on the show. He's always funny, um, always a great time. And we actually got to see uh, amongst, it's the way it always works. We always end up like, a wow, something emerges, a, a gem. Uh, and we got to see some great wrestling. But more, we've said it before. Uh, we watch old wrestling. We have a lot of fun. You don't have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy it. We do go live every other Saturday, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m p.m eastern on twitch.tv slash jarvis wash machine if you can't join us live in the chat but it's getting busier and busier in the chat so you should because it's been great uh we, we i put the episodes up on youtube uh youtube.com slash c slash jarvis wash machine check it out mystery titans theater yeah and again you don't have to like wrestling to like the show but it's because lots of times we like to watch old bad wrestling yeah, and yeah. we goof on it but we're all wrestling fans mm-hmm. and every now and then and like in this one where something really good is happening and we stop with all the wisecracks and dick jokes yeah, and yeah. just really analyze good professional wrestling yeah, yeah and that's always so much fun yeah yeah for sure that that i remember that happened last we'll say i'll say what it was it was kurt henning versus playboy buddy rose, buddy rose so in a fast. match that was just the layout of it 
the psychology of how they're working the crowd and going back to storylines and everything was a masterful performance of Mm -hmm. what is actually what what is an improvisational art form right right and and uh, and and it's and and it's awesome when we luck into something like that because we don't know what we're getting but these are like we never know guys who are as you say an art form these two are masters of their craft um one one earlier in their career and the one who's uh you know as as a, a kind of proven veteran at that time uh great stuff yeah, super fun. And now's the time on the show where we like to check in with everyone's favorite immortal despot, Vandal Savage, and see what he's drinking. It's time for Savage Brew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is Stampede Week at Johan, as your pal Jarvis was talking about up in Calgary. But we always celebrate Stampede Week down here in hell. It is the best. Uh, unfortunately, as you know, the rodeo or the chuck wagon races are very dangerous and uh, occasionally horses die. And I don't know if this is breaking news or not, but, uh, you know, there's a movie, all good dogs go to heaven, but all horses go to hell. So oh, we got a couple really? down here. It's a weird thing. It's a deal they made with their with their enormous hogs. It's why it works. It's just it's the way it works out. So but uh, so anyways, we've got to meet a few new uh, the, the, the studs are down here with us uh, while we are enjoying some of the brews from out of Calgary. I've been trying the Cabin Brewing Company, Calgary Craft Brewery, uh, super saturation. Oh, man, fantastic. A New England pale ale based out of Calgary. Fantastic. It's super juicy. Got that citro mosaic, Simcoe hops. Boy, I'll tell you, I love it. And you know who else loves it, Johnny? Johan, pardon me, fuckface. Johan, you know who else loves it? Uh, Madeline? That's right. She's my little cowgirl down here. And I'll let you in on another little secret. Mm-hmm. Johan, she's also my uh, reverse cowgirl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one last thing. Super yeah. saturation. Even for someone like you who can handle, uh, you know, the, the weasel piss, this is far too sophisticated a flavor palette for your infantile taste buds. Yahoo! Goodbye. Mm. All horses go to hell. You learn something that's crazy. every day. Yeah, wow. that's wild. I've yeah, never trusted wild. them. I, there's always something. I've, I've never trusted my, a horse. It's going to break my, my wife's heart. <laughs> I am DB Curious. Now, like I said, there was a couple, there was a goof I didn't bother with. I was literally, it was like, he, uh, there's no way he, Shakespeare could have, uh, not known an ending because he stole it from somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, and all, almost all of the trivia was, like I said, excerpts of interviews with Brandon Routh about leaving. And, uh, and the only thing I pulled is something that I agreed with. Uh, Brendan Routh also lamented that while he and Katie Lodge shared one final scene, the CW series other original member Mick Rory was left out in the cold. Quote, there was mm. no real goodbye to Mick in there. Kind of a missed opportunity, uh, Brendan uh, noted. And I mm. agreed because one thing I me- remember back when we were doing season one, at the end of season one, it seemed like they were really setting up the friendship 
that's going to exist between Mick and and Ray. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, they have sex in the Russian gulag together and <laughs> and at the end, you know, they're buddies. And then they introduce the Nate character who took over as the best best friend. Right. So we never got to see the Nick yeah. and haircut relationship development. Yeah. Like I, I would have liked the to kinda, see. Yeah. Yeah. The kind of 86 did all together. Actually. Yeah. And I, and I, now at the end of this episode, it's kind of touching the way they handle it, but I would have liked with everything they shoved in here, you couldn't give me you know, a 30 seconds of him and Mick saying goodbye as friends. I, I think it Something. really, I, I think it yeah. really missed that opportunity sure. as well. Mm-hmm. Viewer reviewers, only six and nothing all that hot, but I picked these two. Five out of ten, not like the other episodes from Wet Mars. The legends continue their hunt for pieces of the Luma fate and find themselves face-to-face with William Shakespeare. Ray and Nora make another big life decision that leaves the team surprised. So I think Wet Mars actually used this, <laughs> wrote in uh, his or her review, the same uh, the synopsis from synopsis uh, netflix arrowverse arrowverse it sounds <laughs> i think the writers are making a poor choice and man ray is the best character in this show and i don't want to see him go if he does the ratings would probably go extremely low well that's true but i don't think it had anything to do with Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> six out of 27 found that helpful yeah three out of ten last episode was way better from Tom Code. I mean, <clears throat> this is a bit of a run on sentence. Let me take a breath. Okay. I actually thought there was hope for this show last week episode, which was not bad and sometimes pretty good, but this episode proves me wrong. Ick Ray was going to leave, just didn't like the way he left. The man's easily the best character on the show. Why he got to leave? <laughs> what are our numbers on that guy? Eight out of 28 found that helpful. Ah, I would have got higher on that. <laughs> it was honest. It came from the heart. So we cut to Sarah. She's telling off the, the boys and Charlie. And uh, uh, and Nate's flipping through the, the revised book. And uh, he's like, oh, Mercutio turns to steel. That's awesome. And he's like, wait, Mercutio gets stabbed? Why didn't he just turn back to steel? Which I love. Yeah, right, right, right. That's fun. I get it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and speaking of playing uh, act drunk, uh, I think uh, Katie Lotz does a decent job here. Is she's trying decent. to, yeah, yeah. She, she's, she's trying really... to yell at them, and she the only slip she makes is it's time to fix history. What'd you say? History, history. And uh, and there's glitter on her. And believe me, if you work at a strip club for seven years like <laughs> yes, I do, yeah. my friend, you know all nice about <laughs> the <funny>. glitter. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the fireman comes in and just says, uh, your tachyon scrubber needs to be replaced, whatever that means. And just walks out. What? What? Like, he's working on the ship. He's, he's why is he the, working on the ship? I don't know. I don't care. I think it's funny. It's, <laughs> I love that they put him to work cleaning the tachyon scrubber. And he doesn't even know what it is. Funny. So Ray and Sarah have their talk. And he explains that if he tells Nate, it's real. He really has to leave. And they have a nice scene. They have, this is their goodbye scene, really. Yeah. Yep. And uh, she brings up the old days, and and they're gonna and they hug and they'll miss each other. And one thing Routh was saying was with all these goodbye scenes, uh, it was not trying to get as emotional for all of them, and how hard that was to be like, well, I had to hold back with Katie because I knew I was gonna 
the big scene was going to be with Nate. And, he was, and then I had to act against nothing with Gideon. <laughs> right, Gideon right. gets a goodbye in this fucking thing. Right. Not Mick. Not Mick. <laughs> and so we're at the bar. Uh, they got to convince uh, William Shakespeare to change the play. So uh, there's rehearsals. There's an actor with like a fake flame gun and a guy in steel makeup. And they're talking about collect the gems. Pew, pew. Yeah. Oh, they're doing season two. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nate and Zarya are stealing the scripts. Uh, and this is like, I like the little digs at the CW. I like the, right at this time, these superhero TV shows, the DC shows, the whole art, you know, Romeo V Juliet is a, them digging on the movie people. And yep. the, the, given the relationship between the movie people and the TV people, I mm-hmm. kind of like them taking their shots at the movie folks. Sure. But this one, when Nate goes, tells the cast that you've been replaced by Riverdale. Yes. Uh, what was that? That's a little weird. I was like, are they going after, are they going after Riverdale? Mm. I, but here's, I don't know. There's a possibility. They moved legends around so much. Right. There's a possibility that Riverdale took its time slot at some right. point or another. Maybe. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know why they're yeah. throwing that shade was almost, at that was just like that's what I mean. This is a little too inside baseball at this point with these uh, little cute jokes. So Ray talks to Will, and I did like his idea here. Will's like, no, no, I got this great idea. Romeo and Juliet are eventually going to form a team with uh, my other characters, Hamlet and Puck and Viola, and they're going <laughs> to team up to fight Richard the <laughs> Third. Like, that's fun. <laughs> It's a mess. Yes. <laughs> I think that's fun. But Ray tells him if he loves the characters, he should give him a great ending and then proceeds to spill his guts to William Shakespeare for some reason. And so Nate can overhear him. Yeah. Speaking of it was sitcom-y. them to, to get into. Yeah. Big time sitcom. And it was a way to get to Ray's realization. But like, I mean, like yeah, he has his got... epiphany. He has his epiphany. Yeah. Here, yeah. Right? Yeah. Here. And it, and it, <clears throat> it makes sense and there is a meta thing to this as well that maybe you know this is what they have to tell brandon routh as well here you know yeah. what i mean he's got to kind of this is you pal we're talking about you we're getting you out of here and but it's no hard feelings <laughs> but really it's, getting rid yeah. of, it, well you know this is the thing they're getting rid of all the straight white males on the, yeah, on the so, show dude uh, i think he's just a little old that's all it is we got a young we got a young hot guy now sorry pal beat it <laughs> He's got a little gray in the temples. He's got a little yeah, Reed Richards yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not that he's white and straight. He said he's old. Hollywood hates exactly. the old. That's right. Don't you That's know? Right. Yeah. This is the C fucking W. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I think that's exactly it, man. Mm-hmm. So he's back on the ship drinking again. He's developing a problem as well. Nice. And uh, tells Ray he knows. And he's mad that he just didn't tell him sooner. They could have planned something. And I'm on Nate's side here because the whole plot point of Ray being afraid to tell his best friend that he's leaving, yeah. none of it works for me. You, he's your best friend. You would tell him first, wouldn't you? One would think. Yeah, none of it works. So in London, uh, Nate and Zari uh, confront, uh, as he calls him, Billy Shakes, because uh, <laughs> Nate told Ray to beat it. He's like, you know, we don't need you anymore. And right. uh, because there is no Romeo and Juliet still. The mm-hmm. mission's, you know, still going on. And the producer shut it down because he thinks Will stole the ring. And uh, we see Ray he's packing with Nora. 
you know, he leaves the picture of him and Nate. Remember I said the last episode, I didn't remember if Nora was even in this one. Yeah. Uh, I saw, yeah, she's got those. She little... is, but she doesn't have a lot to do. Her nope, goodbye nope. was the last one. Yep, yeah. Yep. She didn't really, I think, I think her best actual scene in this is book club and it's like two lines. Right. Otherwise she's just there for Ray, you know, which I get, you know, she got the big goodbye last episode. Big time. She got two. She got two. She got her uh, Marie Antoinette as well. Oh, yeah, that's right as well. And uh, so Sarah and Nate are, uh, are talking and uh, Nate says, Here, here's to the legends of tomorrow who single-handedly destroyed storytelling as we know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was that in yeah. a BuzzFeed article or? Uh... <laughs> or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But it really could speak to this episode because this is a, a massive storytelling. This episode. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah says that she's going to miss Ray and his optimism. And his ridiculous plans that always worked. And that gives her an inspiration. They're going to put on a show, Travis. Mm-hmm. All, all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. Which made me immediately go, all right. They're all going to play all the roles. So the, the, the geek in me is like, well, this should call Jax and Leo from Earth X, Amaya, Wally. Get, where's Gary? And the Hawks. Yeah. Get all of them out. Get them all. If, if, hey. if they need a cast. Get them all you mentioned Colin Wild Dog at some point. Didn't yeah, you? I found some point that was weird too. Was when Nate was doing his plan. He's like, then we hit Star City and we'll get Wild Dog. I was, yeah, there's been a lot of Wild Dog talk know. for a character who hasn't appeared on the show. It's weird. If ever there was a character that I would like to have seen, like with the rotating cast, though, Wild Dog would have been fun on the on Legends. Sure. He like was it. one of my favorite characters on arrow like mm-hmm. even yeah. those later costume seasons looks great the costume yeah. looks great too yeah the later seasons of arrow some, some of which are really rough mm-hmm. uh there's lots of episodes that get carried on that actor's back right he's he's great and uh so gideon's gonna feed him all their lines and then here's one of the things this just really bugged me so all hands are on deck right they all got to play the parts charlie is a shapeshifter but she doesn't act in it. She sits in the audience with William Shakespeare. Like, right. why wouldn't you have the shapeshifter who can play all many parts as yeah. part of the cast of, of your little show here? Bizarre. It, it's, it sticks out like a sore thumb for me, storytelling wise. Mm. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. Uh, so, but what I do like is what I do like here is there's a couple of the actors on this show get to show a, a little bit of their Shakespearean chops. Kind of. This a is a, this is kind of caricature for the most part, right? But um, like, but like, I think even here, Dominic Purcell, I know he's done Shakespeare, yeah. And when he comes on, he's he's opening the show and he thinks it sucks, and then he gets a little bit of applause, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's all it takes for him to really get into it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. I was like, well, that's the acting of someone who's done Shakespeare before, you know. Yes, I suppose I would like him in that part that would make no sense it, it makes i mean in the it's supposed to be a chorus that comes out and reads that right so no it's always like it's one. the one guy it's the no. narrator it's the chorus it's supposed to be a chorus uh that mm. that all comes out and they do different ways to, to do it. it's not really a yeah i've always um, seen I, the, the, the productions i've saw was like one guy opens the show yeah Anyways, uh, it wouldn't have been like that. Uh, I'm a stickler. <laughs> Maybe I am for for Shakespeare, and and I I, I played Mercutio, man, in in Romeo. Really? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I had to, I had to, uh, I had to give the Queen Mab speech. Yeah, yeah. in uh, English yeah. class. Yeah, awesome. Um, 
and you know, I, this is an awesome production. I got to work with a lot of really great people. Um, so I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm kind of a snob. <laughs> maybe I'm kind of a snob when it comes to this, but, but a lot of this, I was like, this is like when they're playing like the, ding, 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 ding. I know they got to establish, um, mood and things like that, but I wonder like how much of that, you know, just feels like I said, caricature -y. and, uh, Ava in the beard and stuff, all these things. But then why are some of the, why have some women play women and some men play uh, women too? They only, and they uh, only mention it once. They're they that a woman, and then yeah. that's that's it. Yeah, it and even weird. like, it, and even if you really want to think about the plot of it, will this will this fix history? How will this I, fix yeah, history at all? Know. You know? I know, I know. But I had yeah. fun watching them have fun. I yeah. like that they made sure that Sarah and Ava aren't good actors. You know, when they when they're on screen, they they purposely stink. You know, and the sword fight gets cheers. Uh, yeah. Constantine is Romeo, and we got you said Nate is Juliet for some reason, mm -hmm. and uh, they're having the balcony scene, and uh, Nate breaks down during it, thinking about Ray. And this mm -hmm. this little bit I love as he leaves the stage. Uh, Matt Ryan realizes he's got to he's got to stall for time, and he's delivering the line, "Wouldst thou leave me unsatisfied?" Yeah, and looks at the crowd and he looks and he's like dice man and like points at his cock he's like hey would you leave me unsatisfied yeah. they all laugh uh, when you know, i have seen i have seen performances that, that do emphasize that, that really interpretation. yes of course okay i mean it's meant to be part of the interpretation There's because then later he does it sake. seriously you know? yeah 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 that makes sense i didn't know i've 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 never seen it done that way. Like mm -hmm. Andrew Dice Romeo. And some are bigger than, some will do it bigger than others. And, you know, that is something that might have fit with the the time of the kind of body uh, mm. performances. Anyways. Well, that's well, that's just it, right? I mean, yes. we, we, well, we all get highfalutin about Shakespeare. And we're just like, you know, it was body. It was, mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. the, common, the common folk. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nate, uh, he, he says, acting is hard. <laughs> no yeah. shit yeah. and uh, z tells him she's got it go say goodbye to your friend she happens to be a classically trained actress and, and she gone. and also she happens to be in the exact costume that juliet yes. is wearing so give me a break and she goes off book <laughs> yes and they do the scene and i tell you i enjoyed them i enjoyed yeah, matt yeah, ryan and tala yeah, Asha a lot here good. i thought they they're were fine. very good it's great uh, it's just it doesn't match with anything else that we're other than that they're playing these two parts um why is constantine good at this why is she a classically trained actress well that makes sense uh, she's been a celebrity since she was a child yeah i guess you know? I, I, I yeah i don't know it, it just they hadn't established there's no reason he's good at everything yeah he is good well, at you know what this is actually kind of establishing uh, not to spoil anything the the constantine zari relationship which we will see okay. form over the next uh, uh two seasons right yeah, this is the first time so mm -hmm. we see them kiss that they they keep playing on this it, it's one of the weird relationships on the show that i was like well that can't work constantine and this Zari are going to be a couple and they mm -hmm. figure out how to make it work it's a mm -hmm. it's a challenge right but they they figure it out uh so yeah ray says goodbye to gideon who's crying the computer's crying uh nate's trying to leave the theater to go get dre and the goons show up with the producer and he uh uh, doesn't turn to steel just like he mentioned earlier instead does this indiana jones swinging on a rope thing to get out and yes. 
then they intercut the balcony scene with Nate and Ray meeting up on the wave rider and saying goodbye. I liked the direction. I liked the back and forth. I thought it worked really well. Uh, I mean, I liked it. I I really liked it. I liked, I liked how honest the goodbye scene was because those were real tears. I I, I read about that. That was. It's fine. It doesn't mean that, that I, like I said, I don't, I'm not moved. There should have been a a character that I, I should have been moved by this, but I wasn't. Um, I was more moved by Zano's performance than I was Routh. I was moved by Zano's saying goodbye to his friend. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like I said, I really think that um, uh, Nora Dark got a better send off. Oh, she did. She got better send off. One of the best. And that had that had that had real emotional moments. And you know, there's a guy who's been on the show, and you would think, even with a less worthy episode, that I would feel more here especially after feeling so much after such a as you say a great great mm-hmm. episode um but i was just kind of yeah don't want well, to hit your ass on the way out. well that's it it's because they we want to they want to do the goodbye episode for the one of the characters has been on the show since the very beginning mm-hmm. while also doing a meta comedy making fun of the superhero genre right, and right. it's like it that took takes away from the emotion of ray leaving yeah good point I, I like because Nora Lee episode was all about Nora. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was, as much fun as all the side stuff was, there was one clear plot, and it was yeah, it was Nora Dark dealing with her father and him in his you know for his wrestling vernacular his baby yeah. face turn you know yeah, and yeah, yeah. So on the wave rider, Ray's gone. Uh, Nate and Sarah having a talk. I like their scene here. I thought they were good together. Uh, she's like, yeah, you know, I, I, can, I can be here to give you a bro hug if you need it. And she does. He tells her she's terrible about it. Yeah. Hey, they slip another dick in on me. Travis, she calls him. She's like, you're such a dick. That's funny. They're always slipping me a dick on this show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we hit Mona and Mick. He's reading King Lear. And he's like, yeah, I hated the I, I, Something about this line just fucking tickles me. He's like, hated those. I hated those Italian kids. But yeah. this guy, he's a hero. Funny. <laughs> Just calling them the Italian kids made yeah, me laugh. Like yeah. Uh, and she has to point out to him that King Lear is a tragic figure and tells him that they need to talk to his daughter. And she knows about it because they no secrets in book club. Hmm. And uh, he points out, he's like, I'm protecting her and shows him the, the, the burn marks that his dad gave him. He's like, you know, good fathers don't run in my family. Yeah. This is when she gets to tell him that she that he was a father to her. And he, he gives her a hug and says, uh, it's good to see her. Because remember last season, like we had, you know, we had uh, our issues with the Mona character mm-hmm. and uh, and Wolfie. But the thing that I really enjoyed was the relationship between Mick and Mona. By the end, yeah. At the end, yeah, where he yeah. kind of adopted her. Yeah. And, you know, gives her the book series and all that shit. And he hugs. So as we wind up, Sarah Constantine and uh, Charlie uh, uh, talking about the loom. And if you saw it, what it really looked like, it would explode you, just like her true form. Yes. And uh, Sarah takes the ring. She's like, uh-uh, I hold on to this, my ship. So back in hell, Astra wakes up and tells a hot hippie mom about the loom. And you <laughs> see her eyes raise. She's like, oh, we need to get that from Constantine. And uh, Sarah and Nate. It's early morning in the galley. So, so that's what I just want to say quickly. All of yeah. these felt like buttons. 
like the the Nate and uh, Sarah scene felt like a button that you'd get at the end of an episode, mm-hmm. but then it's followed up by another button between uh, uh, Mick and Mona, and then it's a it starts to feel like another button that tries to explain Sarah and Constantine that all the loom pieces are disguised as ordinary rings, right? And then it cuts to hell that feels like another button, but then we finally get one more at the end here, and this is again this is what I mean about uh, uh, whatever that line was about storytelling. This is. Uh, it, they really just we've said it before the 10 pounds of jello in a five pound bag this was it's, it wasn't bloated it was uh has just not enough time spent on things and it's just uh clunky I, I think that's one of the things you run into when you have a team show yeah because you got all these little storylines and it's right. how how we we wrap the all the buttons because right you want to hit all of them mm-hmm. and uh they, they just wrap them this way i'm sure they run the, i mean I, I don't watch them but those CSIs and the CBS shows with the big cast, Criminal Minds and stuff. Sure, they do the same thing because they've Maybe. got. Like, you might. You're probably right. They're team shows, right? So yeah, everyone yeah. gets a button. Yeah. You um, get a button, and you get a button. Yes, but uh, I will say this last one was good. This last one was nice, and and is is probably the most fitting send off to the character uh, yeah. in the whole show. Is this? Yeah, I liked bit. it too because they turn on the light, and there's Mick. He's sad about Ray. And he's not drinking booze. He's drinking mixed green juice. I mean, uh, raised green, green juice. Mm-hmm. And they all, the whole team arrives and they all pour themselves some green juice and uh, they toast the, to the big guy and they drink and they all immediately have to go puke and take a shit. With the exception of Zari. Zari, who thinks it's delicious. Yeah. yeah. So all in all, this one, I think it's, a, I find it fun. There's a lot I like in this fun, but you're absolutely right. It's the storytelling technique of it is mm-hmm. really disjointed. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's, I didn't think at the time, and I still don't think it was a great send off for a character who's been on the show since the beginning. Yeah. Um, there's but, a lot I like about it, but it's not yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, but uh, well, we are over that. This will be the, over the halfway point. Oh, my MVP for sure MVP? is, is uh, uh, Mick Rory uh dom dom purcell i thought he uh uh for every scene he was in with it like you know the the shakespeare stuff um notwithstanding i thought like he had a nice level of uh, heart uh in his performance and uh yeah it was good to see uh things change a bit for him and him kind of realize that he does have to make a connection with his daughter I, I agree. I agree. But my MVP is hot, sexy fireman stripper. He's my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> well, that doesn't speak well of the the rest of the cast. But I had to. I got to pick. I can't pick a walk on guy. What's this guy's name? You got his name. I looked it up and I forgot. Uh, Liam it. Howe. Liam, Liam and Howe. <laughs> and Howe. <laughs> All right, Travis. Well. That was fun. I hope you all enjoy the show. Uh, be sure to follow us at Guys Gideon on Twitter. We'll be back soon. Uh, check out all the shows on the Palm Podcast Network. Check out Mystery Titans Theater every other Saturday on Twitch and always on YouTube. We've got a whole catalog of, gosh, I don't know how many shows we've done at this point uh, out Over there 60, on YouTube. What's that? It's uh, close to 60 by now. 60, 60. So if you can't get enough of this, YouTube's full of this. Yep. Uh, check it out. All right. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Goodbye.
All right. Thanks, bro. Awesome, man. Talk to you later. Let me ask you one thing. What's up? Real quick. Have you heard about this uh, gentle minions? Yes. Yes. I think it's pretty funny. I think it's pretty funny, but I've also heard about like parents complaining that they brought their kids to a movie and these asshole hipsters are ruining the movie for their kids. (laughs) Not really hipsters. It's just a bunch of like dorky dudes that, uh, that are, you know, to me, I, I see it as a, uh, well, fuck, if you're taking your kids to the Minions movie, that's your problem. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I like, because they're fucking with, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you think about all these um, executive producers who have, like, think they've got uh, this marketing figured out, and then they see something go viral, like Morbius, like, oh, there's no uh-huh. demand again, and they go, it doesn't work. And now they're probably seeing this, and like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Why is this <laughs> happening? You know what I mean? And they, they don't even, they won't even know how to deal with shit like this, right? Because this is, like, I, I so I'm all about fucking with that kind of algorithm. You know what I mean? Like, do you remember yeah. when... Uh, is a while back. Uh, I'm sure we've talked about this before. Um, uh, this is when like brands were just starting to figure out how to do this online thing. When uh, Mountain Dew was trying to get uh, them to name their new apple flavored uh, uh, pop, and like number one was Hitler did nothing wrong. <laughs> but but after from, 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 from like two to ten was just different spellings of gush and grannies, which is brilliant. <laughs> I love it so much because like fuck. Fuck, uh, you know, PepsiCo or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw, toss and that swirl down. So, so anybody who kind of fucks with that sort of, you know, it's a super focus grouped capitalistic. Bullshit. Oh, right. I'm all for it too. That's at the, a, at the same yeah. time. I can say, like, look, they're all dressing up in suits and going to see. I love movies. it. What's okay? so I, bad about great. that? They're not making any noise. They're well, apparently, just... at some, at some they were. Yeah, some so, of these oh, guys yeah. were, were 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 causing a ruckus. Uh, like if you happen i think i I bet you it's not every show is going to have a bunch of dudes like i think it's like one in five at best when it was hot because it's probably done by now but uh no those movies do those movies make a billion dollars i don't know yeah but but the whole dressing up in in things and keep going back wasn't gonna it's not gonna happen week after week after week dudes are gonna do that i would have loved to i would have loved to have gone to one of those what they call them rowdy cats screenings i don't know well, because you know the Cats movie that came out a year oh, right. or two ago, and it was yeah. just awful. And people they were doing sh- like Rocky Horror type yeah. showings of it that sounded like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. the same thing with yeah, fuck the Minions, man. I hate the Minions. <laughs> I think they are the most uh, oh, like the lack of creativity and just overt. These are the easiest fucking action figures and easiest fucking mm-hmm. plushies that we can just push out and make the tiniest little changes to. It, they're just basically emojis. With nothing behind them, I've never seen any of those movies. I have no desire to see them. I, well, so yeah, well, if somebody weird, wants to fuck with the minions, fuck with the minions. <laughs> but the weirdest thing about it is they there's a, a spinoff of like the, the I saw the first one because my yes. my nephew they're in it. Uh-huh. They're know. background characters in yeah. it. It's not the they're not the the driving force, but they've taken over the franchise. Yeah. Just they're the, the live laugh love of motion picture. You know what I mean? That kind of bullshit. That basic bitch culture. That ugh. <laughs> oh, I just love the minions. Go fuck yourself in the minions. <laughs> we should leave all this in. <laughs> sure. All right. All right I'll, see you, you, I'll talk to you soon. Later. Okay. Bye.